Matthew chapter 7. And we are coming towards the end of the, the greatest sermon ever preached. And uh, it's incredible, you know, we often say how simple the Word of God is and that man today seems to have really complicated it. Um, and sometimes it is just that simple. Um, I know people have said some of the greatest and deepest theological thoughts have come from simple children's choruses. Jesus loves me, this I know, um, for the Bible tells me so. And sometimes I think we, we overcomplicate things. And, and, and what we're going to look at today is the issue of praying. Now, praying is something that we as believers should do without ceasing. And that's what Paul said. We are to pray without ceasing. If we have a need, we are to bring it before the Lord. We are to pray in accordance with the Father's will. And the Lord says that whatever we ask in his name, um, it will be granted. Now then, if you were going to ask um, for the Lord to, to allow you to win the lottery, I can promise you that's not in accordance with the Lord's will. So don't be disappointed when um, the Lord doesn't answer that prayer. But if he does, remember a tithe is 10%. Just say it. Um, but oftentimes we overcomplicate the word of God. And I love the fact that Jesus um, just gives us a simple answer to how we are to pray. Uh, he just says in chapter 7 and verse 7, ask. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. You. Father, we are thankful for this time together today and for this opportunity to come around your word. And Lord, I pray that you would help us in the area of our praying. Father, this is something that we as believers should do without ceasing, but I am sure that there are moments in our lives where our prayer life struggles. There are moments in our Christian walk where we are not asking, seeking, or knocking. We are not praying as we should. And I know Sometimes as believers, we feel like our prayers are not even getting past uh, the ceiling of our own homes, as it were. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize you as the Lord Jesus Christ talks in a simple manner that even a, a child could understand, that you would help us to recognize not just the importance of prayer, but the simplicity of prayer. Help us, Lord, when it comes to this matter, because we recognize and realize how important it is to you for us to pray but we also realize how important it is for us to pray. So, Lord, we just ask tonight for your help, and we'll be mindful to give you the glory for all that you do for us. In Christ's name, amen. Um, it's quite simple. If you, as a child, want something from um, your parent, you ask. Um, you know, it, it, it's a different relationship, isn't it? You know, if you were going, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever gone into work knowing that you had to ask your boss for something, and you literally couldn't sleep for the, the night because you were nervous about going in, you were nervous about entering in, you were nervous about speaking to them. Uh, maybe you were going into the bank to ask the bank manager for a little bit of help with the overdraft. Maybe you were going in for a, a loan that you really needed. Maybe it was the first time applying for a mortgage and you were asking somebody for something. All right, Neil? Uh, you were asking somebody for something. Uh, and you were a bit nervous. You, you know, you're like, oh no, what do I do? But... As a young child, you don't have that nervousness coming before your parents and saying, can I have? 
They may turn around and say, no, but you still don't feel that nervousness to come in and say, can I have? And sometimes I think we overcomplicate the matter of prayer, not recognizing the fact that as a child of God, we can come before the Father's throne and just ask. Um, And the Lord promises to help in a time of need. Now, this is not a blank check to get what you want. If you say, well, I'm asking for a new car. I'm asking for a new house. I'm asking for money in the bank without having to go out and even work for it. I'm asking for that. This is not what this is talking about. The Lord is not saying he's going to give you a blank check and whatever you ask for, you know, that's what you're going to get. You know, I always remember um, the panic one time when uh, we never, we never, gotta be careful now. Any little ones in your, we were in St. Fagans when, uh, when Christmas time. And, uh, you know, we'd never made a fuss of Father Christmas or anything, but he was there in St. Fagans, and Eve, um, she was probably about eight, um, maybe little, five, six. Um, She went in to see him, sat on his lap, and he said, what do you want for Christmas? And she said, a bike. She'd never mentioned a bike. She had never spoken of a bike. We didn't have anywhere to keep the bike. And um, she didn't even know how to ride a bike. So when she came off, we were like, what are you doing asking for a bike? That's the first time we've heard of this. And she said, yeah, because he looked a bit too old to know what a Sylvanian family was. (laughs) She'd already asked us for the Sylvanian families. So she knew it was covered. But this guy was asking, but he just looked too old to understand what she was, where she was coming from. This passage tells us how to pray in a Christ-like way. It tells us how to come before the Father and to ask. It teaches us how to pray um, so that our ethics and our morals will be exactly like the Lord Jesus Christ. So he teaches us how to pray not just for material needs, but the thing we need the most is our spiritual needs. You know, oftentimes we focus so much on the material and the physical that we can neglect the spiritual and recognize the fact that we are asking for material things and physical things. Lord, I pray you take these ailments away. Lord, I pray that you would take care of me in work. Lord, I pray you take care of me on the road. But then we neglect the spiritual aspect of things, saying, Lord, I pray you'd help me to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. Father, I pray you would help me to overcome these temptations. I pray that you would enable me to be more Christ-like in my work and my witness and my, uh, my worship of you. Uh, and oftentimes we neglect the spiritual aspect of our prayer life. And it's quite simple. It's a, it's a simple acronym, ASK. Ask, seek, knock. That's all that the Lord said. He said, ask, and it shall be given you. Um, asking, seeking, and knocking deals with our attitude and our actions. Uh, And the the three words increase in intensity. First of all, you ask, can I have? Then you put a bit more effort in and you seek. And then there's a little bit more effort again with the knocking. The interesting thing is, is uh, that 
the, the words that are used for ask erato, uh, um, there's, there's a few different words in the, in the Bible for ask. One of them is erato, and this suggests that the petitioner is on the same footing of equality with the person he is uh, making the request from. So erato was used when a king made another request of a king. When the Lord Jesus Christ prays to his father, he uses that word ask because he's on the same footing. And then there's ateo, uh, which is uh, more frequently suggests the petition of one who is lesser in the position of the one that you are making the request of. And that's the, uh, the word that the Lord uses here. It's like a child asking for, from a parent. It's a subject asking from a king. It's a beggar asking from a passerby. Uh, this word in Matthew 7, 7 suggests humility in asking. It suggests we recognize the fact of who God is and who we are in the relation of asking him for our prayer to be answered. So we don't come, you know, oftentimes we, we take that passage where it says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace, and we take that as a, you've got to give me what I want. And that's not what that word means. It doesn't say you come proudly before the throne of grace. It just means when it says you come boldly, it means you have that direct access. You don't have to seek permission in order to to get before the throne. You don't have to go through any red tape. You don't have to get past any security guards. You don't have to, you know, do it. You can come at any time. It says boldly. It does not say puffed up or proudly. The word ask that's used here is talking about humility. But the incredible thing is, and again, without, you know, I'm being technical, but I'm not being clever because I don't know this. I've read this. It's in the aortist imperative, which means um, it's a continuous thing. So, for example, if you said, shut that door, that's a a single one-time thing. But if you said, look, always shut that door. That's the aortist imperative. It means it's something that you, you always do. You continually do. Uh, the imperative here presents a, a command showing the priority in, in prayer and the con- continuity in prayer, that this is something that we are always to, uh, to be doing. We are to keep on seeking, to keep on asking, to keep on knocking. And again, you, you see it there in verse 8, the THs. Remember, we spoke about that last week. Asketh, seeketh, knocketh. In the Old English, that is a picture of what we just talked about, the aortist imperative, which is a continuous action. It doesn't stop. We are to keep on asking, to keep on seeking, to keep on praying, to be persistent in our prayer lives. How many of us have maybe prayed for something and then just given up? So, ah, no point. I wonder how many people have given up praying for a loved one to come to know the Lord right before the moment they come to know the Lord. You know, what if somebody gave up praying for you a week before you came to know the Lord, a day before you came to know the Lord and said, ah, oh, it's not worth it. We give up too quickly. You know, this will test our sincerity. Are we serious when it comes to the matter of praying? It'll test our steadfastness. You know, are we committed to praying for the needs of the church, for the needs of our family, for the needs of our loved ones, for the, the salvation of those who are lost around us? 
never take for granted the privilege we have to come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The greatness of the privilege is emphasized by the word boldly, which means when we pray, we can speak freely. We can speak frankly. You know, oftentimes, perhaps we get a little bit confused when it comes to praying. What do we do? Do we have to use like big words? Is there a pattern to the way in which we pray? Do we have to address God as, 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 as thy or thee or thine or, you know, how do we do it? To come boldly means to just speak freely. The Lord wants us to fellowship with him, to have a conversation with him. You know, I love the, um, the, the illustration of the, the, the grandmother who, she was dying. And, uh, you know, the, the, the granddaughter came in one day to her room and she could hear her grandmother talking. And she said, who are you talking to? She said, I'm talking to my savior. She said, well, where is he? She said, he sat right in the chair there. She said, but I, I can't see anybody. So she said, well, the Lord is all around us. But she said, when I talk to him, I just imagine that he's sat in the chair and I just have a conversation with him. What do you talk about? She said, everything. I just pour my heart out to him. And I just tell him how I'm feeling and what I'm going through and uh, the needs that I have. And I tell him about my family. And, uh, but doesn't he already know all about that? Yes, he does. He knows about that already. But he just wants me to talk to him. And I just talk as if he sat right there. Well, a few days later, and the grandmother went home to be with the Lord. But when she was found, she wasn't found in the bed. She was found with her head on the seat of the chair, as if she had just laid her head in the Lord's lap. Oftentimes we think, well, how do we pray? Do we, you know, do we have to, it says about going in your closet. Do I, I don't even own a closet, you know. I've just kind of got a rail in the house, but I don't know what I do. Is that my closet? You can pray wherever you are. In your closet just means you, you go to a quiet place where you're not going to be distracted and you talk to the Lord. Boldly, frankly. You talk about what's on your mind. Um, just take the time to pray. You know, perseverance is one of the great needs of believers today because we don't persevere with much. Let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever taken on a project and then kind of given up halfway through? Let me ask you this question then. And don't lie to me because we're in church. How many of you started to learn an instrument during COVID? Anybody start to learn an instrument during COVID? Nobody. I tried to learn the guitar during COVID, and my guitar is still sat in that room there. I've probably picked it up twice. I bought it, but I didn't persevere with it. How many of you have ever done a jigsaw puzzle and thought, oh, I'm not doing that. That's way too many pieces. Joe got excited once when she finished the jigsaw puzzle. She said, look, I did this in 10 days. I said, what's so clever about that? There's only 20 pieces. She said, yeah, but it says three to five years. <laughs> Say, don't get it. Explain it to her, Jane. <laughs> but we do, don't we? We give up so easily on stuff. 
We take up hobbies and we start doing stuff and, you know, we, it's like that idea of, you know, all the gear and no idea. But when it comes to the matter of prayer, we need to persevere because it's important. There is a, it's important that we, that we ask the Lord, that we are persistent in talking to him and asking for our needs every single day. And then there's the seeking. Seek and ye shall find. The next step involves not just asking, but now it involves an action to it. Um, the idea is not merely to express when needs, but to actually get up and look for it. It involves an effort on our part. The word seek comes from a Greek word, which means to look for something earnestly and intently. Again, the verb indicates that we do this continually. And I'm going to ask the men a question. How many of you, I'm not going to ask if you're good looking. I'm asking if you are good at looking. How many of you are good at looking for stuff? I drive Joe to absolute distraction. Because I say, Joe, where's my keys? She said, have you looked for them? Yeah, I'll go there. I said, yeah, they, they were there. But they're not there. Have you really looked for Yeah, they were there. And why is it you go back to the same place when you're looking for something? You, know, you, 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 just, you go back to the exact same spot as if suddenly, magically, they're going to turn up because the five minutes ago when you looked, they weren't there. And I drive Joe mad because if it's not there, I won't actually like move. But, oh, yeah, there they are. They're right next to it. And it's just that contempt in Joe's eyes when she finally gets up and walks to the place straight away and goes, oh, there they are. But we're hopeless when we're looking for stuff because we just, I'm hopeless. I'm not going to lump you all into my problems. Thank you, math, solidarity. Some of us are hopeless at looking for stuff. And it's quite easy to give up. And it's the same when it comes to praying. You know, the Lord said we are to seek continuously. I, I love it sometimes when we have, you know, we do, on blast, they do um, hide and seek in the dark. They turn all the lights out. Kids go and hide in the church. And then, you know, you've got to go and look for it. And I used to love playing that with the kids. Because what I would do, if, if I wasn't in the mood for playing, I would find the best places to hide. I go to sleep. The kids would be looking for me, and they'd get fed up eventually, and sometimes they'd even leave me there. And they'd go on to do something else. But sometimes we can kind of be the same way when it comes to praying. The Lord has told us to ask constantly, continually. It's, a, it's an imperative action to keep on doing it. He's told us to seek, to keep on looking, to keep on you know, putting the effort in. But so often, because we have things so easy today, Everything is instant, whether it's food or whether it's, you know, we get frustrated if, if food is not on our plate within 10 minutes. We don't want you to cook it fresh. We just want you to, you know, ding it in the microwave, get it out in the restaurant and put it on our plate. Don't worry about cooking it fresh because we're so impatient. We've come our way with the Lord. We don't want to put the effort in from a spiritual point of view to our prayer life. We'll ask once. We'll maybe do a quick glance to see if, ah, yeah, I'm done. 
But that's not what the Lord requires of us. Because the, the mood of the word says that you continually ask. You continually seek. You continually knock. But we are so quick to give up. To just say, oh, well, it's not worth it. The message here is the fact that prayer is not a casual exercise. It is not something where we just go through the motions. We can't expect God to get serious about answering our prayers if we are not serious about praying in the first place. James said, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Effectual fervent is a translation of the Greek which gives us the word energy. It's that word energio, energy. Prayer takes effort. Prayer takes energy. You know, anytime um, you see people who start uh, working out or they start a new fitness regime, people always say, it takes time and effort. If you want to see results, you've got to put the effort in. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. And sometimes we are spiritually unfit. Not unfit to be believers. I mean spiritually unfit in the sense that we don't want to put the effort in. It takes energy. The effectual fervent prayer, energy of a righteous man availeth much. God desires that we seek him out. He wants us to find him and and to know him. Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Jeremiah says a similar thing when he says, they shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. We are to ask, we are to seek, we are to knock. The word knock includes asking, asking, uh, acting, and persevering. Like somebody who won't give up, who keeps on knocking. You ever done that when you know somebody's in the house? You know, sometimes if you're not sure somebody's there and you kind of knock on them, you're like, Oh, they haven't answered, so I will knock again. You don't like to knock any anymore, do you? Because you're like, I don't think they're there. So, but when you know somebody's there, maybe the telly's on, and you kind of first one's a little, hey, hey, I'm here. Especially if you know they're expecting you. And then the next one's a little bit more, just reminding you I'm on time and I'm here. And then it's like, come on, you were the one who told me to come at this time, and I'm here, and, but there's that persistence. The word knock is simply, again, in that imperative tense, but it's an, a, a more intense, stronger meaning. We are to keep on knocking until the door is open. This word reveals insights about our faith. We are to pray to the Lord. Um, If the door appears closed, we are to keep on praying. We're not to get discouraged. We are to keep on praying. If we're not getting anywhere, we're not to give up. The Lord wants us to keep on knocking. We are to demonstrate our faith in him by continuing to bring our petitions before him. The difficulties of our lives reveal the strength of our faith and also strengthen it if we respond properly.
to those difficulties. James says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. But he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Our Lord has the ability to unlock closed doors. The word knock reveals the fact that when we pray, we're not to come again before the Lord with any pride or arrogance, but with a reverent attitude. You know, when we know we can come boldly before the throne of grace, but we still kind of, you know, anytime anybody comes into our house, um, and this was something I really struggled with. When I first got married to Joe, I, I'm not from the wrong bet, okay? I might, I, let me just put that out there. Um, I come from Slanted Vardre. My wife was from Ferndale, and I'm not being arrogant or anything, but I was posher than her. <laughs> so when we first got married, I didn't know what the people in the Ronda were like. So when we first got married, and we, we get our new house, and we're in our house, and we just sat there, and all of a sudden there's like a, and the door opens, and in walks the family. I'm like, what is going on? What's happening here? This is, this is my house. Who do you think you are just barging in? She still does it to this day, doesn't you, John? <laughs> no, you don't knock. I know. That's why I said it's done with reverence here. But when you are part of a family, like we'll, we'll go now, and I, st- I, st- I still struggle a little bit, but Joe will just kind of like, Walk into my brother's house. And I'm like, what are you doing? Knock. He said, well, it's, it's my brother. I'm like, yeah, but it's not your house. Just knock. We can come boldly before the throne of grace because we are part of that family. We don't need to knock. But we do just out of reverence. Out of reverence, John. We give a little tap on the door. Before entering boldly. There's two words for knock in the Greek. One refers to an unceremonious pounding. And the other refers to a polite knock. And that's what um, the, the, the Lord is, is talking about. He's not talking about banging discourteously. He's not talking about kicking the door in. So that your prayer is, is answered with demand. And it's not answered because we insist. We don't pray with an attitude that God deserves or, or requires. We deserve God to answer our prayer. That's not what the Lord is talking about. He's talking about knocking reverently. We have to keep on asking, we have to keep on seeking, we have to keep on knocking. We are to be persistent in prayer. But we're not to get frustrated when the door opens and the Lord says, no. If we would pray for Christian virtues, if we would pray for souls to be saved, if we would pray for us to be able to grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord. You know the frustrating thing? Uh, I think for pastors, ministers, Sunday school teachers, is a lack of spiritual growth in the church today. And it's quite sad because it's so easy. You read your Bible and you pray every day, you will grow. 
If you don't read your Bible and you don't pray every day, you're not going to grow. Just like we won't grow physically from eating physical food, we will not grow spiritually if we are not feeding upon the word of God every single day. We are to ask, seek, and knock continuously. And then we see the supply in. He says in verse 8, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? God says, when we ask, we receive. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, the door will be opened. And his promises are generous and will leave us with a satisfaction that is beyond belief. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Well, the Lord says here, it is no earthly father refuses to give good things to their children. Not spoiling their children. You know, oftentimes there's a misconception that as long as we give our children everything that they want, then they like us. Then they'll do what we ask them to do. That doesn't work. That just causes spoiled kids. Sometimes as parents, we have to say no to our children. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to do is to say, no, no, you can't have that because it's not good for you. No, you can't go there because, you know, we know what will happen. No, you can't do that with your life because we've seen what happens when you go down that path. And the Lord is saying you, who in their right mind? What earthly father, if a, if a child asked for bread, would he give him a stone? Now, the Lord is talking about that because on the, on the shores of Galilee, there were stones that were um, little and round limestones on the seashore, and they were exactly the shape and color of little loaves, similar to the loaves that the, the little boy gave to the Lord Jesus Christ when he fed the 5,000. So the Lord is saying, what well, father in his right mind when the boy says, oh, can I have a loaf of bread? We go, oh, yeah, I'll have him now. You watch him chew on this stone, this will be funny. We would never do that as an earthly father. He said, well, father, his right mind, when a son asks for a fish, would he give him a serpent? Commentators say this is possible, um, that the Lord is talking about a, a particular um, a, um, like sea snake eel type of thing that was found in the galley that is not um, greatly edible. And he's saying, what father, in his right mind, when a child asks for a fish to, to satisfy a, a hunger or a need, would give him something that was inedible. Luke actually goes uh, one further because Luke said uh, in Luke um, eleven twelve, or oh, if he shall ask an egg, will he give him a scorpion? How many of you like scorpions? Anybody ever look at a scorpion going, oh, it's lovely. Look how, fluffy, how cute that is. Oh, it's a fluffy little thing. No. You look at a scorpion, and I know there's people here who are afraid of spiders, and you know they are enough to make your skin crawl. But a scorpion, did you know there's a pale scorpion, especially when they carry their young, that they sit in such a way and they curl up in such a way that when you look at, a, when you look at it, it looks like an egg. The Lord said, what father in his right mind? If a child asked for an egg, would he say, yeah, I, I, watch this now. Just throw the cat amongst the pigeons. He's asked for an egg, but I'm going to give him a scorpion. 
No, an earthly father wouldn't do that. Um, the, the, the scorpion is dangerous. It's the sting can be um, painful and even fatal. God is not deceptive in his giving. He doesn't trick a person asking for certain things by giving that person, which looks like what he's requested, but giving him something that is fake or phony. If an earthly father wouldn't deceive his son in terms of needed supplies, uh, neither would the heavenly father. God knows what we have need of. He knows what we need, and there is a difference between needs and wants. There's a difference between needs and greeds. God will never refuse to answer our, our prayers in one way or another. He'll never mock our prayers. He won't always answer them in a way that we feel like he should. But he will answer them in his own time, in his own way, and in his own perfect wisdom and love. You know, there are many times our kids asked for things that we knew were no good for them, and we had to say no. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above, cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning, James said in 117. There are some things that we pray for that are not good for us. There are some things we pray for that the Lord knows would ruin us. How many of you have ever prayed for something and then the Lord has said no and has shut the door and you thought, oh, this is the end of the world. I can't believe he did that. Uh, why would the Lord do that to me? Why would he act that way? Why would he? And then maybe weeks, months, even years down the line, you look back and think, whoo, I dodged the bullet there. I'm thankful the Lord shut that door because if I had gone through that door... I'd have been in big trouble. There are some things that we pray for that are not good for us. And the Lord in his love and his wisdom says, no. No, you can't. You can't have that. God's gifts are good. And he will not give us something bad, even though we've asked for it, because if it could harm us. Now, sometimes the Lord will allow us to have our own way to discipline us. You ever done that to you were kids where you said, okay then, go and do that. But don't come crying to me when it doesn't work. You ever use that type of reverse psychology on the kids? Go on then, do what you want. On a side note, um, men, when your wife says, do what you want, she doesn't mean it. Just, uh, just a side note. Don't, she's, she's just trapping you. Just don't, don't do it. Sometimes we pray for things that will harm us, and God says, no. Remember, Elijah prayed to die. Elijah said, oh, I just wish I was dead. And the Lord says, no, I'm not going to grant that request. Come and have some food, and that food will sustain you for the next 40 days, and come and see me in the cave, and we'll have a chat. Sometimes the Lord says no to things that are going to hurt us. We are to ask, seek, knock, but with humility with faith, with reverence, with perseverance, being prepared for the answer. Now, let me ask you this question in closing. Is our prayer life what it should be? Are we fervent in prayer? The effectual fervent prayer of a man availeth much. Do we have that energy in our prayer life? Do we ask one time and then give up? 
do we move on from asking and really seek the Lord's face, seeking his word? If, am I praying in accordance with his will? Maybe he's not answered that prayer because I'm not praying in accordance with his will. Is this part of God's will for my life if I'm asking for this certain thing to, to be granted? Are we knocking? Are we coming boldly before the throne of grace and pouring our heart out before the Lord? We have an incredible privilege in prayer. But I think for a lot of Christians, it's something that we don't use. We fail to understand how powerful prayer is. You know, we talk about the armor of God and we talk about the helmet of salvation. We talk about the breastplate of righteousness and the belt of truth and the shield of faith and the shoes of the gospel of peace and the sword of the spirit. And we kind of stop there. But then Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 6. And he doesn't just stop at the sword. Because he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Do we persevere in our prayer life? Those words, ask, seek, knock, they go and increase in intensity. Ask, seek, knock is in an aortic imperative mood, which means it is something that we don't just do one time. We continuously ask. We continuously seek. We continuously knock. Why? Because as believers, we are to pray without ceasing. Maybe you've stagnated in your walk, and maybe it's because our prayer life is suffering. Maybe you were struggling in a certain area of your life because... Your prayer life is not what it should be. Maybe you're battling with a particular sin in your life because you're not praying like you should. I wonder if every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ would be as consistent in their prayer life as we should be. I wonder what difference we'd see. What difference would we see in our own lives if my people which humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I wonder what difference we'd see in our lives. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I wonder what difference we would see in our work life, in our community, in our church. What if every believer prayed like the Lord wants us to pray, like the Lord has told us to pray? like we need to pray today. I wonder what difference we would see in those that we witness to, in those that we work with, in those that would notice our testimony. Maybe you're at a point right now where you think, I'm not praying for this anymore. If it's for the soul of somebody, then I can promise you this, don't stop. Am I praying in accordance with God's will? God is not willing that any should perish. So, so keep praying for that person. That the Lord would give you the opportunity to witness them. That the Lord would send somebody else into their path to present the gospel to them. Don't give up. Don't stop. Pray without ceasing. It's that simple. It's not complicated. You don't even have to use any fancy language. 
You don't have to build a closet in the home so you can enter into it to pray. You can pray as if the Lord is sat right in your chair. You can wake up in the morning and say, Dear Heavenly Father, and put your head on the pillow at night and then say, Amen. Pray without ceasing. Ask, seek, knock. Don't give up. Father, we thank you again for this time together tonight and for this opportunity to come around your word, Lord, and we just pray that you would help us in the aspect of praying in our lives. We, we're asking for your help, Lord, because there are times when we, we don't really know what to say or what to do or how to pray. Father, we just ask that you would show us. We recognize that the Spirit is there to take our groanings that can't be uttered, and we realize that there are times when we can just come before you and, and, and cry because we don't even know how to form our words. But Lord, I pray tonight that you would help each and every one of us as believers to be fervent in our praying, to be consistent in our praying, to be persistent in our praying, that we ask, seek, and knock, and not give up. So Lord, would you help us, each and every one of us, maybe we are struggling in this area of our lives, Lord, would you just speak to us tonight and give us the encouragement we need to keep praying as we should. We pray and ask all of these things in the wonderful and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen. Stand and sing our last hymn together. <laughs>